welcome back to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I'm trying to figure out what the hell you were going with that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Dietrich, by the way. (laughs) Welcome, Dietrich. (laughs) Everybody else is supposed to greet him. Come on, you know. No, we're good. We're past that part. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Okay. All right. Well, um, on this podcast, we talk about music. And so uh, we normally start with side A, where we come up with a topic or theme. And so let's go and drop that needle on side A. All right. So uh, this episode's coming out on Friday, like all our episodes does. And so, you know, we're talking about a subject, you know, that's going to happen here in a couple days, you know, in a few days, something to get you ready for it. No, I'm not talking the Super Bowl. <laughs> you got Valentine's Day the Monday after. I'm just warning you guys, you know, in case you're all focused on Super Bowl on Sunday. Next day, you got to get the roses, the candy, <laughs> you know, it, the stuff for the special lady. So we're, we're coming up with some love songs for you. So <laughs> for that special thing. You got to make up for all the... The heartache, the heartbreak you right. caused during the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> I'm sure there'll be lots of that there. Definitely. But then, whatever you buy on February 14th, you can apply that pressure on March 14th. Remember that. <laughs> right. <laughs> For sure. So. For those who don't know, it's Steak and BJ Day. Yeah. <laughs> Does it matter if it's a you know a, a diamond or you know like a T-bone, any type of steak, right? Steak and BJ Day. Hey, <laughs> now a word from your sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. So but yeah, bananas and jam. That's probably yeah. That's what I would do. That's a good dish, good dish right there. Just gonna leave that right there. All right, <laughs> right. <laughs> keep on moving. So, so, <sighs> so, uh, we're doing uh, love songs. <laughs> in case, you know, I haven't properly said it. Um, and so I uh, picked for my choice track for a love song. Uh, I picked somebody that's iconic, and the song's iconic. And so I'm just gonna throw it out there. I picked Elvis Presley. Can't help falling in love. <laughs> but I can't help falling in love. So, what this song is like, you know, this song, like, you know, wise men say, you know, <laughs> fools rushing, right? It's that song. And um, the thing that I was surprised on was like, I thought for some reason in my mind that it was an older Elvis song. It's not. It's like early young Elvis. So 1961, uh, he had a movie called Blue Hawaii. Can't Help Falling in Love is off of that movie and off of that album. So this is like Elvis in his heyday, in his prime, off of, it has to be one of his at least top, you know, (laughs) five, top 10 movies at least. So, um, and so the reason why I picked this song is the tempo on it is so it's, (laughs) it's a weird term to use, but like this song is so edging because like it's slow, but wants to be faster, but just stays right there on the edge. And it's, you know, just 
confesses about love. And so <laughs> uh, that's what I think makes it unique. The other thing is like this song is so iconic that it's been covered like multiple, multiple times. I mean, I, it has to be up there with one of the most, you know, covered songs, I would think, or at least in the top 100 covered songs, I would think. But, um, and so the one, the biggest one, I guess, is uh, UB40 did was big, next biggest version of it. I'm not sure. Yep. yep. UB40. Yep. UB40. Okay. So, but yeah. So what did uh, you guys think? Timeless classic. Um, really puts you in the mood of slow dancing with your loved one. And you're looking into their eyes right before they uh, tell you that they're sleepy and uh, ready to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, Elvis is always going to be, you know, saying the king. Um, you can't, you can't deny that situation. So, I, I definitely like your pick. It was a classy pick. Okay. So, yeah. What do you think, Damon? Oh, Damon's giggling over there. <laughs> Your, your response is, is priceless. Um, <laughs> you're like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> is it good, Tosh? Uh, no, I, I like Elvis Presley's older stuff. This is like some of his older stuff, right? Like early on. Right. Early, And yeah. um, Blue Hawaii, like that's, what is that? What is that, uh, that duo, Annette Futicello and forgot yeah. who the, uh, like that's that. That era, though, right? Oh, really? Like Danny Osmond? It, it, Danny, no, he's yeah. talking about Beach Blanket Bingo with his uh, Annette Fuchello and, uh, yeah, I can't remember. Frank, I Frankie have, Avalon? Frankie Frank Avalon, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Um, this is not the first time we've brought them up, too. Right? Our podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but that's like, isn't, that's that's a movie, right? And that's, yeah. And then isn't Elvis in that movie? No. Or no? Is he not in no. that? He's not he in that. No. Okay. No. Uh, he's been in several movies like it, but no, he wasn't yeah. in that one particular. He was in a series of beach movies, right? Like he was doing, yes. like he was, like singing what? in the movie, and then he'd have like some weird role. It might what not have made that? a whole lot of sense unless you were like living on the beach <laughs> in the sixties. I don't know. This well, Blue Hawaii was his one beach movie. I'm not sure if he had a second one. Most of them were oh, okay. like. Yeah, but this was the one that most people know. It's the funny me. thing yeah. is, if I'm, I might be wrong, but isn't this the one that has because somebody that we previously brought up, Angela Lansbury, isn't she his mom in this one? In Blue Hawaii, because <laughs> yeah. his mom, his yeah, mom in, <laughs> in Blue Hawaii is like, "Come here, sugar. <laughs> Come here, give me some sugar." Like she, it, it's like so weird because wow. they're why did she talk to the southern accent? You're like, what like some kind of Freudian uh, Hawaii movie? <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. Right. I don't even think I've ever seen a young yeah. Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury was in Blue Hawaii. I was even back yeah. then she was a milf. I was like, oh man, come on. I, that's I, that's impressive too. I mean, she's she's been doing her thing in American Horror Story, right? <laughs> What? <laughs> was she not on American, American Horror Story or no? No, mur- like Murder She Wrote. That, yeah, that. Murder She Wrote. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah. 
Je- Jessica Lang is not that Jessica old. Jessica Lang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna delete this. Spot. I'm gonna delete this. So Jessica Lang should come to my house, kick my ass. <laughs> Both iconic. Whatever. I, I I know murder. She wrote now. Yeah. So she was his mom in that. Yeah. Yep. She was his and mom in Blue. <laughs> No, it's Jessica Lane. <laughs> Jessica Lane was like his <laughs> sister, his daughter. Botox. <laughs> Hella five bunch of Botox group. boys. She's good. She's real good. Different age group. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I did like the song though. I did. I did like the song. Now that I've gone into all this other stuff around it, but that era though, that whole Hawaii vibe and that. That time, it, it seems like it would have been a good time to to live, be young, you know. Right. I don't know that I, I, I guess I don't know that, it, like, Buddy Holly was probably around that time, too. And that, like, that kind of music, right? Yeah. The yeah. 60s. They had, like, yeah. uh, of course, they had a lot of big bands coming out. The Beatles yeah. and all that, so. Well, you had, but, you had Buddy Holly and Roy Orbison, you know. this You could picture Roy uh, Orbison in this song. So, yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, my mom was a big fan of Elvis. Like my mom loved all these these superstars. You know, she was old, she was young, but like her teens, you know, and like all the all the uh, the teenage girls were like just falling for Elvis. And then he got then he got old, and they got he got kind of effed up after a while. Oh, oh. And then I thought he still was alive. So like he, I guess he still lived on through people wanting him to be alive, but. uh I guess he didn't. He didn't. It didn't end well for him, though, right? Am I wrong about that? You are not wrong there, buddy. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to paint that picture, but that's kind of what happens to some of these superstars. Yeah. And the reason why I kind of felt like this is an older version of like an older Elvis song is because the song itself kind of reminds it, it, the lyrics of it is kind of like a an older person singing about love, not a young person. <laughs> you know, this isn't like puppy love. This is like a really restrained song about love and how like with, with some wisdom behind it. <laughs> and so it, I kind of feel like, but maybe I'm wrong. So. Like no sex before marriage. Is that, the, is that kind of what you're saying? <laughs> Sleeping like, in uh, two different beds, kind of love. Yeah. <laughs> Right. No, it's uh, it's it's definitely a classic. Brandon, what do you think, man? What, what chime in? What's your thoughts? Oh, I I'm a big Elvis fan, and I I'm sure one of these days we probably will do our favorite Elvis song. Um, this is not my favorite Elvis song, but it is definitely a classic, and and I think like Diedrich said, you know, it's timeless. Um, there's a reason why you will find that song on like the list of like top ten, twenty greatest love songs of all time you know and there's a reason why um i'm i have to confess i i am known as the movie guy i have never seen an elvis presley movie uh, as much as i'm a fan of elvis i know him more as the musician than i've ever known him as an actor um but i've never seen an elvis presley movie maybe clips but not a full film um so but anyway, yeah, no, this is a great movie. I don't, or movie, song. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if this is my favorite love song by him, but I understand it's, it's importance and it's relevance. Uh, he, he's, has a, a fantastic voice and there's a reason why he is the king. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think it's a great choice. And 
Definitely one of the greatest love songs. Not my favorite love song by Elvis, but it is definitely a classic. Okay. Love me tender. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I even like Suspicious Minds. I still think okay. that's a great okay. love song. You're, you, you're a good one. I like that. That was <laughs> yeah. a good one. Yep. So. Okay. All right. So, uh, Let's go ahead and go. Why don't you go ahead and do your song there, Brandon? Okay. All right. Since I'm talking, might as well keep going, right? <laughs> right. Um, all right. So you guys all know I love Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. We Ooh. did devote a part of one of our podcasts discussing a Nick Cave album. Um, and I picked a Nick Cave and a Bad Seeds song. And my song is... Into my arms. Into my arms, oh Lord. Into my arms, oh Lord. Uh, this was by Nick Cave and the Bad Steeds. It's from 1997. It's from the Boatman's Call album. Uh, this was released at, like the first single on the album. Um, it's a love ballad. Uh, you know, this is definitely. Quite, uh, you know, several years before the album that we discussed many episodes back. Um, I, I can't remember the first time I ever heard this song, but when I did, it resonated immediately. And I know that I was in a relationship at that time with, with my wife. Uh, I think we were probably dating, maybe engaged. And when I heard this song, it just clicked. And anytime I hear the song now, it makes me immediately think of her. Um, I just, the song is very meaningful to me. I think the lyrics are beautiful. Um, I like how simple the song is. Nick Cave has said before he thinks it's one of the best songs he's ever written. Um, you know, I know that he wrote this song after a couple breakups and, uh, you know, like, I think he could give this song to, you know, his like current wife or any girlfriends and they would just melt, melt for him because that's I, it just this song is so fantastic and so honest. And it just I don't know, just it, it really like warms my soul when I hear the song. And and uh, I, I it's to me, it's just one of the most beautiful love songs. And, uh, the, the lyrics are just so fantastic and great. And, and I like how stripped down the sound is. Um, so yeah, that, that's my, my love song is Into My Arms by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Cool. You know what? Um, you actually made me a fan of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And this right here was actually one of those songs. It's like, I, I, I really get why you like them so much. And the reason why I say that is because it's one of those that you can actually like internalize and be like, like you were just saying, it makes you think of your wife every time you hear it. And not only do you think of your wife, I'm not speaking for you, but it sounds like by the way you were talking about, like you speak of the love that you have for her mm -hmm. through the song and, you know, the simplistic tones and, and, uh, and, uh, just the delivery itself really, really got to me. So I'm like, yeah, that's a damn good love song. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was it your first time hearing it? 
That was my first time hearing that one, yeah. Paying attention to it. So I was I was definitely intrigued in, in where we were going with it. Cause like I said, he either makes you feel like Jesus Christ superstar or, or makes you feel like you wanna get down on your knees and cry for a second and then get back <laughs> up, like wipe that shit off. Like, oh it was rain. I, I got rain on beforehand. I'm good. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it definitely worked out for me. So great choice, man. Nice. So hey, I, I liked it too. It was is my first time hearing it. Um, my take on it was, was a little bit different, but, but yeah, I mean, it's a love song. Don't get me wrong. It, I guess what, what it felt interesting to me was it was kind of like, uh, a point of view of, you know, somebody being religious and the other him himself not being religious, but trying to say that, Hey, I have, I have faith in you. You know, I have faith in all this stuff that brought you to me, you know, but it, it, there was kind of a, a, a part B there that like it, it felt like he he didn't have faith in all that stuff, but he had faith that all that stuff brought her to him type of thing. It, it was kind of a weird so- song in that way, but but yeah, it for sure makes you think, and it for sure it you know is a love song because he is confessing love that you know some something brought that person into his arm. So so right, yeah. Or it's definitely I, pain. I, I can't speak on that for it. I'll let Brandon do that. I'm just going to say it's definitely, it's love and it's pain in his voice. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, that tone is definitely there. So even if he hadn't broke up with a couple of individuals, you know, he, he actually wrote out his heart on that song. So I'm not tripping. Right. Yeah. Is it about, so is it about his girlfriend or wife or? I mean, I, I think that's one interpretation. What some people believe it was about his long-term relationship, and then he had another relationship after that, and that he wrote this song for them. For them, but but I I can't say for sure. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of Nick Cave, but I do think he's a talented artist. But not my favorite song. I mean, I would not pick this to be like a love song. Maybe per se, and it is, but it wouldn't be my favorite version of a love song. But I, I, I like what, you know what he has to say and everything. But something about his voice, like I just, I can't go there. <laughs> I can't go there with it. It's so deep, and he's got a cool voice. But like for the love song, it just ain't doing it for me. Like I don't think I'd play this and think of you know sweet nothings. But it's there. I can see it in a movie. I can see it fitting really well and scenes in movies you know um maybe like an action movie when you know after he kills everybody and he still has his lady you know he's seen into her but that's 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 the kind of like vibe i get from nick cave you know he's like a badass and then all of a sudden he's got a love song <laughs> so i'm like that throws me off a little bit but uh definitely a good artist great artist this this didn't do it for me though but it does seem really religious too. Like he's really, but he's not. So he's kind of like that, that I didn't get that. I didn't understand fully. You know, he goes into the whole religious side of like being in love, but then he's not really, I don't know. What's your, what's your take on that, Brandon? Like, what do you think? I don't think this song is religious at all. Just because you're using the word yeah. God and angels and stuff doesn't make a song. Religious. Lord and, Oh, okay. See, that's why I see. I, I misinterpreted it too, a little bit. 
But so. yeah, to each their own. We all interpret it in our own way, right? Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's great that that was like one of your one of your picks, dude. This is like is this kind of like your like? But yeah, Robin and I have our song, right? We have like. I think it's I Believe in Miracles by Hot Chocolate. <laughs> that's like, that's just kind of a goofy song, but that's like, you know, that's something that she was playing when we first met, whatever. And I don't know. Is this, is this like your song? Uh, it's Am I not your song? <laughs> it's not, it's not official, but it's certainly something there. special for the two of us. And, I really don't care if you like it or you don't, because all that matters is how I feel about the song and how it makes me feel about my wife and what we think Damn about straight. each other. So, cheers to that. I really could care less. I knew that shit was coming. You don't like me giving a bad speech. It just shows how much your taste is very different from mine, and your taste disappoints me yet again. <laughs> I knew that shit was coming. Okay. Oh, I hope Nick Cave hears this and he like he brings me back backstage. He's like, I heard I heard you on that podcast defending me yet again, and I just want to <laughs> shake your hand. <laughs> He's gonna leave it pipe bomb at my front door or something. Right. <laughs> and, and while you're backstage, they'll tell you, you know I wrote this song about my dog, right? He's <laughs> like, this is about my grandma, dude. <laughs> That's wrong. I can't with y'all. I can't. Oh, my goodness. Platonic love, All right. man. Come on. Alright. It's sweet, so. man. It's sweet. It's, Bitter, it's bittersweet. I don't care. Symphony. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that ties into that somehow. All right. Well, Damon, why don't? Sorry, Brandon. I don't. I didn't. I didn't write the song. <laughs> I'm not Nick Cave. Are you sure? I thought. Okay. All right. So. Sometimes I think you are Nick Cave. No. Uh. <laughs> so, Damon. Yeah. Hey, what, what was your pick? My pick? Oh my gosh! I yeah. I hope everybody hates my pick <laughs> after after my critique on Nick Cave. I hope everybody hates mine. I don't feel bad if you don't. Um, but Air Supply is the band that I went with, um, and uh, that so that's a I like to go with bands that I've seen um, live. So I saw I didn't really know too much about Air Supply's music. And then I learned after we song because Robin, my wife, loves Air Supply, and or she really liked a lot of their songs because they're like they're kind of like ballads a little bit. Uh, they're all pretty much love songs. I mean, these guys like that's all they've seen about is how much they're in love, and they just don't stop. And I guess I couldn't listen to this over and over again, but I do think that that, that they have a lot of great hits. They're kind of like Chicago and these other bands. Um, that did did a lot of hit love songs like in movies like The Karate Kid and stuff like that in the in the 80s. Um, you know, there's there's something to be said about like nostalgia. That's where Air Supply. Um, that, that's where they bring me. And I mean, I can't say I can't say that I, I would that I'm like a huge huge fan of them. But so this place called the Coliseum. Um, I've never been to it, and 
I was like, okay, so we've got concert tickets and, uh, I'd never been in this venue, but we went in and it smelled like cat piss. It had cigarette smoke smell on the carpet. It was like, it was awful. Uh, but it was like the layout was great. It was a, it was a huge, uh, open kind of floor plan and a stage. Then you got air supply and then you just got a bunch of people probably in their like middle-aged people, whatever that love air supply for vet from back in the day. And it was a huge crowd, not a bad seat in the house. Um, they actually, so it's a uh, Graham Russell and Russell. That's weird. I just realized that they have last name first, first name last Graham Russell, Russell Hitchcock. So Russell Hitchcock, I believe is, uh, the main vocalist, right? And then, and then Graham's the uh, guitarist. So Russell's coming out into the crowd and he's singing like, I believe he's singing my, my pick, which is making love out of nothing at all. Yeah. So you got like all these women, middle-aged women just going nuts over this guy. He looks like, he, I mean, he's a, he's a cool dude. He's got a really good voice and everything. He's a, they're a little bit older. He's kind of got the look of like one of the hobbits from Lord of the Rings. I, I almost couldn't understand what was going on. And it kind of it was like, it was crazy. There's flashes everywhere. Like it was, it was insane. It was really weird, but it was a cool show. Nonetheless, making love of nothing at all is my pick. But, uh, and that's my, that's my live show story for that one. But yeah, they're, they're all love songs, man. So now you guys can rip me apart. <laughs> so, uh, so um, I'll admit I had never heard the song before, but I played it and my wife knew the song. <laughs> and I was like, how do you know this song? <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was good. It, it was, it was interesting. I went down a weird rabbit hole after I heard it because for some strange reason, and I still can't, tell you exactly why for some reason i thought maybe air supply did the folgers theme song for like the folgers commercials <laughs> don't ask me why I couldn't, it up. <laughs> I couldn't find the link it, it, it was completely a different other person but um yeah that's part of waking up song is that, is that what you're talking about yeah, oh. yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's air supply. <laughs> it's not air supply. It's not. Trust me. It, it was a weird rabbit hole that went down. Um, and yeah. then it was kind of, what was interesting was uh, when you did say air supply, and, and after I listened to that song, like, um, you know, it, I was kind of surprised. So I'm just curious because their main hit is uh, All Out of Love. And so I was, and this one is like their second biggest hit, but I was kind of curious, like, is it specifically this song or, or, I mean, did you like any of their, I mean, that's why I was curious. So, yeah, like, like I was saying, they're, they're like all about love songs. Yeah. Um, love ballads, I guess. I don't even know if that's a thing. I'm, I'm guessing it is. <laughs> um, they're like, they're, they're huge, like huge artists. They're from Australia. Um, they're not from Canada. Finally, right now. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> they're they're from the other side of the equator. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's I don't know. Maybe that's what uh, makes them love love songs so much. But yeah, they they just can't they just can't stop singing about it, and they do it really well. But no, I, I think that that song is just one of my favorites off 
their hits off their greatest okay. hits. And like you said, like, yeah, any of them could be, I could have picked like 10 of them. I had a hard right. time picking them. And it was like, not just this band. It was a lot of bands. Um, and going back to Nick Cave real quick, it is actually a really unique song. I think, I think Brandon, um, that was a really good pick. Your reaction was just hilarious, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, that's, but to compare Nick Cave's love song to something like Air Supply, like you almost like you have to really listen to the lyrics with Nick Cave and like he has a lot to say, um, which I think I, I really do respect that that man for that. And I think that uh, for artists, they're both really good artists. Air Supply's songs, I think, are kind of corny in a way. <laughs> they're a little bit cheesy, but for like what I think is the epitome of love songs, that's that's where I flocked to. So Air Supply, because I saw him live, because I, I got all mushy and emotional at the concert, like, oh, I just better put my arm around my lady because if I don't, yeah, that's at an Air Supply show? Come on. But it did it did kind of bring me back in time, too. It made me feel like I was, like, back in the 80s. It was really, really kind of fun, cheesy, but, Yeah. Soft, the soft rock duo is kind of what they refer to as. So, all right, what do you think, uh, Dietrich? Uh, I don't know. I was kind of taken back for a second, trying to figure out where to go with it. Um, like I said, it's a love song. It's it's straight up a love song. Um, I kind of feel like I've heard those cor- those chords before. I, I tried to figure out like if my mom was just playing tricks on me or if I'm actually, you know, aware of, of where that, that beat per minute and where that music came from. Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm still trying to, trying to balance that out. Like I can't, I definitely can't knock it. Um, but I don't know. I wouldn't say it's in my top 20. Um, <laughs> But you know, I'm not gonna say it's it's not in the top 100. So I, I, I don't think I'm it was. I don't think it was like the like Taj just said too. It's not the number one hit from them. No. But you know what? It, and I think I do know what you're talking about. Um, what's that song? Turn around, bright yeah. eyes. Doesn't it kind of remind you of that song? It, uh, for I me, don't, uh, I see it for you, but I, for me, no. Nah, to me, it's just like. Yeah, I think there was the tone of it that kind of threw me off for a second. Um, you know, okay. then the main hooks came in, and I was like, "Okay, I see where we're going, so we're good." So I went right. too much tripping. You know, I'm I'm all about instrumentation when I listen to any yeah. song first and foremost. So you know, if the sound is there, I'm definitely going to be liking it. But if it's not, then I'm kind of trying to fill in the other pieces. But you know, for right now, I think, like I said, it's not going to be on my top twenty list, but it definitely. Um, should be long there as a love song. So, so you hit the nail on the head with that mark. All right. So, what, what about you, Brandon? <laughs> did, did you get some air supply, or are I, you on Mars and when, when when did, the air? I think when when he told us what his song it was, I was <laughs> definitely taken back because I haven't thought of air supply in a long time. Long. Uh, I mean, I I know the band, but I I couldn't tell you a name of a song by them. And if you start playing it, you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Air supply did this. And that's how I felt about this song. I'm like, Oh, air supply did this song. I know this song, but I never knew the name of the band. 
You know, right. it's kind of shocking to me that, you know, we're only, what, 20 episodes in and like air supply has already been brought up. Like, I would think <laughs> air supply is when you hit the bottom of the barrel and you're screaming for a song. Um, so not not to take anything away from air supply, but I know, I, you know, the thing is, I actually like the song. Uh, I think the song is kind of epic and uh, I dig the song. Um I think it's weird that your love song choice track is something I would hear on Yacht Rock, but, uh, you know. Don't know. Like, yacht Rock. No, Just I love Yacht Rock. Words. I love Yacht Rock. I like, I like that 70s. I like 70s soft rock. It's a nice thing to listen right. to when you're trying to go to bed. Um, that's an oxymoron within that's a good itself. Time to listen to it. I, I've always hated that term, soft rock. I'm like, rock is never supposed to be soft. What the fuck? They are in that category, though. Yeah, yeah, like, they're definitely there. But come on, like, yeah, damn. no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have any hate towards the song. I do like the song. I certainly wouldn't think that it's like the greatest love song. Not, not even in like top twenty, but. You know, it's still it's still a pleasant song to listen to. Yeah. It's a pleasant it's a pleasant song. It's fun to listen to. Um, it is very corny, and you know <laughs> you have to kind of be in the right mindset to listen to some corniness songs, some corny songs. But it's still it's a pleasant song. I, I I'm not gonna hate on it. I enjoy it. I don't know any other song by Air Supply unless you start playing it. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I know that one. So um yeah. No, it's 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 a fine song. I just don't think I would put that in like, you know, our the four greatest love songs of all time, Air Supply would not be up there. But it's still a good song. Air and it's only right. Yeah. And it's own right it's a good song. Air Supply yeah. is an artist or Air Supply that song? That song, I I can't I can't say oh, I if I, I I can't say I like Air Supply or don't like Air Supply because yeah. I don't know any song names, song titles by the band. I just know it when I listen to it. I'm like, oh yeah, I I've heard this before. I mean, in 40 plus years on the planet, I probably have heard a lot of Air Supply, just don't know it. So right, yeah. Um, well, all, yeah. all Out of Love is one of their biggest hits. And um, see, the thing is, like, you well, they have a lot that, of hits actually. They have tons. And you say the name of the song, but I don't know what that means. Like, I have to hear it. That's the thing with Air Supply. I have to hear it to know if I know it, you know? Maybe we'll like, start, or start adding segments where we can listen to a, a clip. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're not there yet, but. I do I do find it hard to imagine Air Supply might, if it don't ever get brought up again on the show. It'd be, it'd be shocking. So, it's, it's so if you if y'all were at the show, like you wouldn't be at that show. But I was there because Robin wanted to go to it, right? I wouldn't have picked that show to go to, but it was a great show. And like I said, the place smelled like a litter box and cigarettes. It was like a bad Vegas trip or something. But the the concert was great, and yeah. those guys were rocking it. I mean, you know, after since the seventies, you know. So, but like I said, like he looked like he was like up there. You, but yeah. you know why it smelled like that, right? No, it why? was filled with cat ladies. <laughs> like uh. cougars? <laughs> <laughs> it was like cougar town up in there. But uh, yeah. So yeah, 
weird. It was weird. There was a lot of people that looked foreign that were like taking pictures, like flashes were going off. And I was in the middle of the crowd and he was kind of like giving people high fives, but they're all around him. Like these, these, uh, these old biddies were just like, they're loving him, man. They were just like trying to touch him. And he had this like poofy, he had like the poofy shirt on. I don't know if you've seen Seinfeld, the poofy shirt, but it was like that kind of shirt. But the whole, I mean, the concert was great. And that aspect of it, his the fandom there was like crazy. Like people really liked their music. They were there because they were big fans of Air Supply. But uh, unfortunately, it was at a weird place that smelled like cat piss. But I mean, <laughs> outside of that, it was a cool venue. It just was like, I think it was like on the way to the airport. You know, it was like one of those like nothing around it. Maybe like a strip club down the street. It was like yeah, kind of weird. But uh, okay, all I think right, they served a better venue. Anyway, yeah. so uh, Dietrich, yo, y- you up? <laughs> I'm up. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> I wanted to go against the grain. I know when people will probably hear my voice or, or hear my tones or things that I bring up, they probably thought I was going to bring up one of 350 million R&B love songs. Um, I just wasn't in the R&B mood. I was listening to different music. Um, I usually like putting music on random. I download a bunch of shit and then go random through it just to see what I get out of it. Um, this is one of the songs that I got and it's one of those that actually made me think about what they were talking about, how they were talking about it, where it came from and, and all that kind of jazz. So the song I picked was, uh, by a, uh, experimental group called Yoke Lore. Uh, the song's name is Beige. You know, you're beautiful. Uh, came out in 2019. Uh, Adrian Gavin is uh, uh, the leader of this particular project. He's been in several different bands. He's an instrumentalist himself, um, and you know comes across with, with a whole lot of different ideas of what music should be and how how people should perceive that idea. And in this particular song, in general, to me, it touched me because it when I fall in love. Yeah, I had to say that when I fall in love, um, I have to go deeper than, than skin deep. You know, I have to go deeper than just saying, oh, you're beautiful on the outside. Like, I have to really, like, want to get to know any and everything about you. I want to know your darkest secrets. I want to tell you mine. I want to I want to know the chinks in the armor is going to, you know, make you seem human. And I'm OK with that. I don't I don't care about blemishes. I don't care about you know, scars that you may have internally or externally, like you're beautiful to me because you're, you're opening up your soul. And those, those are the kind of songs that hit me and the lyrics in this particular song are like dead spot on for how I want to approach love in that nature. So that's why I brought it up. Um, and I heard it just by like passing through and like kind of shuffle of different songs. And it wasn't like I, you know, went to go crazy on looking up the band or looking up different attributes or things of that nature. I just like the song for what it is because it explains to me how you should love somebody. So. Okay. So I, I like the song. Um, it was very, um, it's very, I guess, would you say folky? Like, or, yes. Okay. It, it, and, and so it, that, that kind of took me by surprise and it's like, but it's like, okay, I, I like See? the, the, the lyrics on it, but yeah. So see, 
Got your ass. See? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily expecting like RB or anything, but you know, I was. It was is something that just um, it surprised me because you know I've listened to like uh, Monsters and Men and you know um, Mumford and Sons and stuff, so like I'm used to folky stuff. But it was like this one was just like okay, why have I not heard this band before this song? So, but uh, yeah, it, no, for sure, it, it was a love song. Um, I guess the the kind of thing that I was kind of surprised between everybody's pick was that you know, um, you know, it there there are other love songs, but we all kind of went for the like really soft love song or you know something that doesn't have a whole ton of instruments on it, you know, it, and it's kind of weird that you know that that I guess we kind of went that way that you know there's something about love that's kind of minimalistic <laughs> in a sense, yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah, love is simple and pure. We we are the ones that fuck it up. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I would say about it. Um, gotcha. If I had any two cents on the matter, that that would be it. Um, yeah, thanks. What what, what else? What else do y'all think? Hit hit me with it. So I I was just gonna say I don't know if I've ever heard the song before, but it, it sounds very familiar. But I I kind of feel like maybe it's familiar because. They, the, the song reminds me of many other bands. So I don't know if it's either I've heard it before or I'm like, wait, didn't the Lumineers or the Oh Hellos do this? Um, but maybe I had heard the song. I just never knew the name of the artist or the, the name of the song, which does happen a lot, you know? Like you, even with technology the way it is, I still don't have the energy to be like, wait, who did that? You know, it's just like, oh, that was pleasant. Um, anyway, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I did like the song. I, I, again, it, I don't know if I had heard it before, but, um, irregardless if, if I had or not, I still enjoyed the song. You know, I, I do like that kind of folky rock for sure. Um, it is definitely a sound that I enjoy. Uh, I don't know if the rest of their music sounds like that or not. I didn't go down the rabbit hole, but, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the song. I, I like the lyrics. Um, I think lyrics sometimes are very important in love songs. They are very, especially important, you know? Um, and I think, I think this song definitely, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think it really portrays what, what love feels like. So, uh, I think it's a good choice. Damon hit me, bro. Yeah, I, I I thought it was a really nice sound. It it so I it brought me to Mumford and not Mumford and Sons, um, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. That's kind of what I I got that vibe out of it a little bit, which I really like that band too. So I want to hear more um, of Yolklore for sure. I mean, I think I think it definitely is right in my alley. With uh, when when did this album come out? This sounds like. 2012, 2013, you know. Right, it sounds like 2012, 2013. This particular song itself was released in 2019, so I don't know. I gotta go back and do my research if it was a remake of, like I said, Lumineers or, or like you said, you know, somebody else. But um, I know that the, the particular artist that was singing it has been in like a shitload of bands. So yeah, um, definitely wouldn't surprise me if. They performed it somewhere else and then decided to take it back and, and sing it for himself, whatever the situation may be. 
But um, yeah, I just I just like the sound of the song. Yeah, no, I think I think this is great. Uh, it's like uh, like you're saying, like you know, can't you can't say love can should be anyway. Really, it's whatever it is. It's uh, it just happens, you know. It's not something for sure. that for me. It's like yeah, I can't force myself to love something like Nick Cave. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but uh, I like I liked everybody's picks really. But yeah, that was a good way to wrap it up too. I think with Yoklor's beige. Cool. Aww. All right. Aww. All right. So we're I want to know what love is. Sorry, I've been wanting <laughs> to get that out this whole time. <laughs> I saw them live too. <laughs> uh. So we're going to go ahead and uh, flip over the record and go to side B. <laughs> All right. So I gave everybody some homework <laughs> last week and um the homework was uh megan trainer's title album so uh all right so why did i pick this album <laughs> so yeah why did you pick this album tosh okay so uh i i so first of all th- there's a lot of reasons why i picked this album so First of all, for me, like I'm a, I'm a very, uh, I like big band sound. Uh, I used to do swing dancing when I was way younger. Um, the Make It Trainer oh, yeah. album, <laughs> yeah, swing big, dancer. Yeah, I did swing. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that sounds difficult. It, it wasn't so. It, ah, yeah. tr- trust me, it, it was all for you know. To meet women, that was why I did it. So, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Toes with the motives. That's what I'm talking about. You gangster with it. So did it work? But, uh, yes, no, yeah, <laughs> not really. <laughs> all right, I'll take that. So, all right. So the thing is, Megan Trainer. So when I first heard this album, like I heard it, and then. Um, I instantly like it, liked it. Um, it's very much a, um, I'm trying to think what the term was that they called it. It's very much a do up, not do up. Is it do up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. It's a do up. Yeah. It's, it's not quite RB, but it's more like it's a do up type of album. But the thing was, is that, um, I, I listened to this album and then like I introduced my wife to it because I knew she was going to love it. And so, you know, it was kind of one of those things that, that she, it was one of those things to kind of share with my wife. So, um, and this was, uh, you know, one of the, the kind of the first things that I shared. The interesting thing is like the, the, so the main song on this album is all about that bass. Okay. That song blew up. I mean, you can't argue that it didn't blow up. It blew up. It was everywhere. The weird thing is, is that, and this is kind of the other reason why I brought the album up, is it's this weird discussion about how the artist had a vision for the song or the artist had a vision for the album, right? But then the song itself took on its own life and then it had this whole other meaning. So the, the thing was with Megan Trainer, like all about that bass had a very much like body positivity message for the most part. But then there was people that gave her flack saying that it wasn't 
as body positive as it should be um, because it was putting down skinny uh, females. And you're like, and it's just this weird thing where like, it seemed like this whole controversy blew out of nothing. Like it was not out of nothing, but it's like, she wasn't, she was just saying, Hey, this is what I intended the song to be right with the message wise. But then people came back and said, well, no, that's not what the message of your song is. You got it wrong. And it's this weird thing where like, she's just being an artist being like, Hey, this is my song. This is the lyrics. This is why I intended it to be. But yet everybody was coming back and trying to tell her, Hey, no, you're wrong. <laughs> type of thing. And, um, it was interesting because uh, th the other reason why I wanted to bring this up is because she's really young. Like she was born in 93. Um, she's, uh, I think she lives in Nashville now, but she's from Nantucket. Um, and so the, the thing is that um, there's a weird line to draw here. Um, and the, the weird line to draw is like um, Pink, who had an album called uh, The Truth About Love, right? And in there, she has two songs about kind of like a walk of shame, right? But it's called uh, Sluts, and I forget what the second song is. But then Megan Trainer has a song on this album called Walk of Shame. And then the weird thing is that the next line to draw on this chain is like Lizzo. Because Lizzo, Lizzo's older than Megan Trainer, okay? But Lizzo didn't get her fame... It feels like her or her main album blew up until after Megan Trainer. So I don't know. It, it was just it was a weird stop in music history that I just wanted to bring up. And, and I feel the 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 album itself has enough hits, and the, the, the songs on it are all good. But it's weird, kind of the weird background behind it. So I think sometimes that the the music and the the track should be just <laughs> listened to for themselves rather than the weird message. That, that or conversation that it causes, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little bit of a stretch, but I'm not I'm not too mad at you. Uh, okay. I put it like this: Lizzo uh, was already in the industry. She was uh, an interviewer. She was a um, you know a, a media commentary person. She. <laughs> She definitely like spoke with a bunch of celebrities and, and doing interviews with them. It was already in that type of area. Whereas Megan right. Trainer was, you know, she was a songwriter. And um, you know, I think I don't know, it kind of feels funny because this particular album that came out, I think all about that bass, I don't know if that was the first song that was recorded. Um, but I definitely think that because they kind of feel like that was gonna be a hit. That they kind of modeled some other songs off of that. Gotcha. And that trying to go down that lane in order to 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 make it stand about and and, and go about itself. Um, yeah, that's a hard one to call. I, I wasn't in the studio yeah. session, so I can't tell exactly you know how how it was, but that's how it feels. It feels like a lot of songs were based like off of that swing momentum and and tried to keep that going, but it, it kind of fell flat for me. Um, right. I think the one song that did kind of touch me was Selfish Heart. Um, that was, that was like one of those, like up to date kind of want to be feel good type tracks, even though it's got a, like a little bit of an undertone, dark undertone to it. So, you know, it's bouncy, but the message in it is not so. 
So I was kind of, I was kind of happy with that. Outside of that, all about that bass, yeah, I, I hated that song. <laughs> I hated that song. <laughs> like passion wise, hated that song because not not because the song wasn't a good song. It was because I knew it was gonna become like an industry standard, which almost made her seem like an industry plant. Um, oh. but you know she she's not. She she's definitely um you know somebody that that blew up off of off a of fan or something and and it's owes inner relationships is kind of the reason why it faded out just a little bit but um you know she's sticking to it or ground so i'm not mad at her whatever she wants to do or how she wants to do it um, right why you keep choosing these type of albums i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna start off with that but it is a good break from the norm um in the situation and you know, I shout out to anybody who, especially if you're you're fighting off body imaging and 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 um, trying to break the the status quo of, of what a singer should be or what a artist should look like or or even what a beautiful woman should be in the media. I applaud you 100 percent on what you're doing, how you're doing it. I'm never gonna take that away from you. So it's it's all to the good. Okay. So, and who's next? Brandon, you see, we all jumping for joy, right? I know. Brandon wanted to go. And... Yeah. All right. So, I, 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 I have a little bit to say. Like, so I think that Megan Trainer. I mean, she's got a really good voice, but it, it almost does like like what you're saying, Dietrich. I do feel like she was kind of like placed for for messages and for movies and shows. Isn't she an actress too? She's like she does a lot of. I mean, she has she has acted. I think. I mean, she's I been a couple of things. I can't go off the top of my head, but I've seen her, you know, in a couple of little spots here and there. Yeah, so. and she's like like you said, Todd. She is younger. Um, you know, right. like I think that like uh, there's a lot of artists that like Pink does have a, the same kind of message that goes out about uh, the female form and you know just like body uh, shaming and stuff like that and like just like how. You shouldn't feel bad about yourself, which is a great message. I mean, that's not anything to knock, you know. And I think that I applaud her, Megan Trainer, for for putting this message out there in a lot of her songs. I couldn't get on board with this album. I think every one of the songs was like something I couldn't relate to because it was from a woman's standpoint. But they're all about a young woman on top of that, yeah. A young, yeah. And a younger, yeah, a younger woman. I can't relate to like, I mean. She was born when I was like, you know, in high school. High school. Yeah. <laughs> She's like a little baby. And I'm I'm like, that little baby ain't going to be a superstar in 10 years. But yeah. So anyway, she. she well, uh, I refuse to have an American Beauty moment. I'm just letting y'all know that right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> but it won like a bunch of awards. All about that base was. You know, that was just right. winning like 2015 or whatever. Like the, so I'm looking at like a chart. It's the Billboard Music Awards, uh, nominated and won. And then you got like, what is it? Eight, I don't know what ASCAP Pop Music Awards. ASCAP. ASCAP. Yeah, that's public. That's your, that's your publishing and writing. That's how you get paid. Okay. That's good to know. So how does that, does that bring somebody up in the in the ranks? 
Dietrich. Yeah, um, ASCAP is you, ASCAP and BMI are uh, the forums of track. They have, that's how they track your music uh, to see how many times it's played in radio and streams and things of that nature. And that's how the um, royalties get get paid off of that. So, oh, okay. um, they, yeah, so they keep track of how many downloads, how many streams, how many times songs are played on the radio, how many uh, stations buy the songs for ads and things of that nature. And every time it's played over a certain minute or percentage, um, everybody gets their cuts out of it. And then they get their paychecks yeah. like every quarter or something of that nature, uh, depending on how they have it set up. So every artist gets what, 10 cents to the dollar. Um, so, you know, up to 10 cents, some get like a penny or two, you get one point out of a hundred point scale, maybe two, if you write it off. But if you actually own your masters or you, you own your writing credits and, and get your money off that way, then you get a hell of a lot more chunk, but they're the ones who, who see that and, and follow that along. So when you win an ASCAP award, that's nothing to snark at. Like that means you actually did numbers and they tracked it and the metrics are there. Wow, no, that's impressive. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that, man. I, I think that there's a lot of other artists, female artists, that have the same message about like body image and like feeling good about yourself, being who you want to be. Don't let that man mess you over, you know, that sort of thing. But she's been messed over a few times, it looks like, you know, from this album. But uh, she's also, you know, she just kind of like doing her thing, don't care. That's what, that's what I got from this, too. Um, and that's the kind of message that, you know, I think that is a good message. Like, don't change who you are because you are a female. Like, you can still do what you want to do, have fun, whatever, and not have to, you shouldn't have to worry about the consequences of your actions. Right. Who I think does that better is an artist called Billie Eilish. She's a, she's a little bit younger, but she, um, she had a lot of issues of self image, body image. She even wore right. clothing that would kind of cover her up on stage and all that. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely go into her, uh, the background of Billie Eilish in future episodes. But um, and she's kind of like coming to herself a little bit differently now. She's over 20. And she's kind of learning that you know the industry and like just being herself, knowing who she is, right. is okay. And other ways, like she's really becoming okay with herself, being right. you know, out there and changed her style a little bit. Uh, I think Megan Trainer is like kind of like she got the same message, but it's more poppy kind of right. a different style of, of saying it. But it's like I, I can't get on board with a lot of just like the, the the actual music itself because I can't relate to it. You know what I mean? And I and I love all kinds of music, you know, um, right. like Pink is probably close to Megan Trainer, I guess, but like Shania Twain was huge then. I think Shania Twain was top in charts around 2015-16 with the same messages. You know, was it Feel Like a Woman or, or something like that? That was, she had like that a, was a lot earlier. Yeah, was she, lot yeah, she earlier. Oh, was it? way older, yeah. yeah. That was like 90s. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, okay. So, so, she, so that's what, yeah. she might have actually been pulling some... I'm, Maybe she was kind of like a fan of Shania Twain's or that that kind of artist, where they talk about you know like men and how they you know I'm not gonna let them tell me what to do and you know that that kind of thing, which is some of that some of that's just kind of cheese, but then some of it has a really good message. Like I I, I think that some of it's just fun too. It's just like a fun song, but yeah, yeah. Where are we gonna no. go with it, though, Tosh? <laughs> no, no, no. Because I think 
I was going to say I thought pink was yeah pink is older. Yes. So that's that's what I'm saying. Pink is older, and then the, that's what I'm. I just threw this right. in there because it, it's it's interesting because it's and I I think the main thing is is kind of the story behind it. But but yeah, but it, I get where you're coming from. So. And that's where I'm going with it too. It's I, yeah. I that when I picked this in, as an album to listen to and rock out to, hell no. <laughs> I, I'm not, but I can't say that though in a, a way because I want people to listen to it. I want this kind of message to be out there, and maybe right. it's this way of of you know making music for some people to get the message. I don't I don't get it. You know, like the they, that kind of pop. Like I love pop music. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, that's just like, I can see, you know, even, even Robin, you know, my wife, she, she might like one or two songs off that album, but I don't think she would even probably want to go there because it's just not her taste. Gotcha. Like you got saying like Billie Eilish would be more, you know, that's more my style for sure. And it's probably not all pop like some of her stuff is, but you know, but yeah, this is, uh, yeah, it is what it is. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like pop. If it's like R and B, if it's country, it, nah. it's not like everything mixed a little bit. Yeah, you say it's no? trying. Yeah, it's trying to mix in a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, and it's uh, it's some of it was okay to to peep it out. Some of it was a fail, um, in my book, you know. And it's funny you bring up Billie Eilish because she's younger than all of them, and yeah. yet you know she's got more of an eclectic sound. Um, when it comes to, you know, how, how her brother produces her and, and how she comes out with everything. It's um, her brother that really helps her out too. I think they were a good yeah. deal. And he's a big yeah. fan. So. Definitely. I think, yeah. you know, when, when you have that, that person that understands you and knows how you want to come across, that helps out in so many ways that I don't think the other two that we mentioned actually have that. Um, so I think that's what makes the difference in, in what you're what you're coming with and, and how you how you feel in the music. Like you you don't have to be fifteen to feel somebody's music, just like you don't have to be forty five to feel somebody else's. Music is is cross genres, cross time zones. You know, you know, you could be as old as you want to be, but feel as young as you want to in your heart. So it's all good. I think when it comes to Megan Trainer, I think that she fell into the trap of trying to put or or like bring out a message and got caught in the whirlwind that is everybody else's politics based on her music rather than just keeping it at the music level um and that's kind and of billy yeah. yeah billy eilish did one good thing that i think megan could have could have proffered or or um, could have come out better for it, which was Billie Eilish just basically kept her mouth shut and let the music speak for itself. She didn't want to be seen. She didn't want to be heard. She rarely wanted to do interviews, mainly because of her tics, but but also because you know why do I have to explain myself? Why don't I just like it? Gotcha. Like and it's yeah. that kind of attitude that makes people drawn to you in a certain aspect. Yeah. So, what did you think, Brandon? Wait, did Damon pick his favorite choice, his favorite track no. on there? No. I don't think he had one. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't say I did have one. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. It's hard to say. I can't say I actually had a favorite track, but 
Um, the one that is catchy is all about that bass. But like, I really was going into the lyrics of all these songs, and I could not get on board with feeling like I could relate to it. Like my favorite, I guess, but that doesn't mean that it can't be my favorite track. I think my favorite track, all about the bass, because it is talking about body image. I do like some of the lyrics in the song, and it is catchy, like to the point where I can't say I I hated the song listening to it. But after listening to the whole album, I'm like, oh my god, this is repetitive. She's not seen about nothing else. It's just about, um, you know, like 3 a.m. You know, it's like, oh, come, you know, coming in at 3 a.m., messy hair, I don't care, you know, that's that kind of thing, and you know, right. walk of shame is like, you know, oh, I'm doing what I want. You're like, you go, girl, you can do what you want. But like, <laughs> I, I just, I'm not going to be out there like going to the clubs with you, uh, dancing to this song. You know, <laughs> I, I can't do that. That's that's not where I'm at, but you know, a lot of people are are in that place, and that's that's probably probably why this this album did so well. But yeah, I I'm just gonna jump on the bandwagon all about that bass. Okay. So, but if I you know if this was like American Idol, I'd be like the Simon Cowell, you know, critic of her for sure. Dude, you hit the nail on the head. This is like a damn American Idol album that a semifinalist or a finalist came out with. And all the songs were pre-written and all the music was pre-composed. And all you did was just go in and sing it. Someone wrote it for her. I I don't know that for sure. That's what it feels like. She didn't. Someone wrote no, it. no, she she co-wrote most she wrote, of the songs on here. Yeah. Really? yeah, she co-wrote it, most of the songs, but the production itself feels like like you know, it's it's definitely different. Like she I think she released the album in 2020. That you could tell that the sound is so much more developed, it's so much it has so much more maturity to it. I'd like to hear some of her other stuff. Yeah. I would like to hear some of her other stuff. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that- yeah, so because this is yeah, although I'm she impressed that she album. wrote her stuff. I am impressed that she wrote her stuff, but I'm not. She's a songwriter, but yeah, it's uh, not entirely impressed with all the lyrics. Though I guess it's sort of like uh, it doesn't. It's not for everybody, and maybe she knows that. I don't know, but that's that that I can't get on board with. If somebody's gonna have songs that are all anti this, anti that, pro this, pro that. But uh, don't mock her for that, though. You know, I, I, I think that sucks that people were telling her, oh, well, what about skinny girls? Like, really? Like, th- this message is out there because people have had such a hard time with right. that image and that, that, that thing happening. Like, you right. can't be yourself because you ate some cake last night. I mean, come on. So, Basically. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, you're right about that, but... It's also a point where you like selling it too much and shoving it down people's throats, and it's like, oh, okay, American, right, yeah, style. I, yeah, exactly, man. yeah, I get it. Okay, you, you don't want people to talk about your weight. All right, cool. Then why you keep bringing it up? <laughs> All right. So what do you have, Brandon? One and done. <laughs> uh, so I pretty much agree with everybody else here. I'm not a fan. I, okay. I did not like it. Um, I had a hard time getting through it. Um, I know that, uh, that the, uh, uh, Spotify, it was only the deluxe edition. 
And I wasn't sure I could get through that. So I wanted to see where the original album ended. And that's where I chose. I I know. And I remember you saying that. So I wanted to make sure that I I listened to all the original songs because I had no interest in listening to the deluxe edition because I could barely get through the original. Um, Yeah, it just it wasn't for me. It uh, I'm not the right right age group. I'm not the right demographic for this album. Um, Nothing against her. It's just it's not for me. It is too overproduced. Um, none of the songs are interesting to me. I mean, I get why one song was a hit for sure, but the rest are, are completely forgettable. And I would probably forget the big hit if it wasn't for the fact that it was played constantly everywhere. Um, yeah, it just, I didn't like it. It's just, it was too much like pop sugar and, uh, and I like I does she have a good voice? Maybe, but she was auto-tuned too much. Like that bothered me. Like let her sing. But, you know, these are choices that are made in the studio and, and, and post production and who knows? Like I'd be very curious to see what that demo sounds like. That you know, the original recording. Like did did you really have to do tweak it all that much? Um anyway. Um yeah, it just, it wasn't for me. I, I did not like it. I had a hard time getting through it. I, I tried to like have an open mind when I was listening to it. Um, you know, I know that there's been like one album I think you picked that the rest of the group didn't like and I actually defended you. I cannot right. defend you on this one. <laughs> I, um, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I just, I can't get behind it. I, yeah. So if I did have to pick a, a song, it would be all about that bass. And that's only okay. because I've heard that more than any of the others. So that would probably be my choice. Even, uh, so that's why I'm kind of surprised. So nobody, I mean, because uh, lips are moving because that's like her second biggest hit. Right. But it sounds like a copycat version of her first hit. Oh, really? Okay. Oh. And, and the but last thing I just, yeah. Wait, what about the song with John Legend? Is it a little I, bit different? I, yeah, I just, I don't know. They just all like a dime a dozen. It all just blended together for me. It's just okay. one, one big song. Is it like I'm going to lose you? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not bad. Like from like a performer standpoint, but like it's not bad for like American Idol or like a, a parade. <laughs> the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I could see her up there doing her thing. You know, like she's a showy artist. She's an actress a little bit, I think. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that now, but I think she's definitely Hollywood too, you know. But like gotcha. like like you're saying, Brandon, like it's that's almost contradictory to what the album's trying to put out, the message. If they did auto tune her a lot, they did like try to make her someone that she's not, you know, that's exactly her message and you know that's against her message anyway. So, and I could be wrong. Who she is, right? I could be wrong, but it certainly sounds like that to me. It sounds like she was auto tuned quite a bit. Oh. Uh, no, you're not wrong. That's, that's, that's post-production like a mug. That's, that's the yeah. difference between, you know, artists that are in a studio and, and putting their own mix on things versus producers coming in, 
um, knowing how they want you to sound because the record execs say, hey, we want this to sound this way. Yeah. Wait, and so when you, when you guys did mention that the producer, I did happen to check because the producer uh, that did it is Kevin uh, Kiddish. And so he actually produced uh, Chris Allen from American Idol. So that, that might be where he's getting that sound from. Is like you said. So, yeah. You're right, teacher. I, I, yeah. Yeah, you're I right. right. You hit the nail on it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, oh. it's uh, yeah. You can, you can connect the dots. That I mean, that's probably true to a certain extent where if that person had a big influence on it, she's younger. She didn't really know how to do this stuff. I want to hear her newer stuff, though. I I, I don't want to diss her altogether as an artist. I just I think right. this album was definitely like it was like kind of overblown and like sing about something else a little bit, mix it up, you know. But it's like okay, I guess right. she does mix it up a little bit, but it's all about you know going out and getting booty at three a.m. and it's like okay this. I got you. Which, right. which there's nothing wrong with that. Right. right. <laughs> I'm sure tons of people are doing that all the time and it's, you know, good times, but, uh, yeah, you need a little more substance. Yeah, definitely. All right. So that was, that was my homework. That's now complete. Uh, <laughs> what do you have for us, Brandon? <laughs> oh, I thought you were supposed to skip me and go to the end. And then we no. have this whole, just now, go back and forth like you guys forgot me again. No, no didn't forget you this time. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Taj. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. So for next episode, <laughs> okay. um, I get the I get to select a choice album, and uh-huh. my album is from a band called Fairport Convention. Uh-huh. And the album is from 1969. It is called Liege and Leaf. Liege and Leaf from by Fairport Convention. It is a English folk rock band from the mid to late 60s. So that is your homework for next episode. Liege okay. and Leaf from 1969. Okay. It legion like, like as in the legion of army, like a leech and leave and leave. Okay. I know you're like, what? <laughs> uh, it's leech is spelled L I E G E. Okay. And leave L I E F. This is going to go very well next week's episode. When I have to spell out the album, you are definitely gonna love it. I, I'm sure we will. I'm oh, trying. I don't know. I'm very curious to see what you guys think about it. It is uh, definitely a departure from uh, Megan Trainer. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'm just trying to throw different stuff out there. I didn't, you know, I wasn't expecting the, the moon. You know. <laughs> are you trying to throw different stuff out there, Tosh? I, I am. Are Am you? I not? <laughs> you said they're British. The band's mm-hmm. British. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're an English folk rock band. They okay. were probably the most well-known, maybe the best British folk rock band in the late sixties. Okay. And okay. Uh, we will definitely talk about 
a few of the artists, uh, especially two of them. Um, is this a live album? I see some live tracks on here. There, it, I think there's a deluxe edition. So you just okay. want to listen, just listen to the original tracks on there. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So you can kind of tell too, because I think when a deluxe edition kicks in, the bonus tracks, it starts with a live song. Okay. It says it has the Ballad of Easy Rider. Is that like the Ballad of Easy Rider from like the movie Easy Rider? Well, that's, I think that's in the deluxe edition. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, but yeah, just do, do your research, look it up, listen to the original tracks. Okay. Um, yeah. And like I said, it's very, a, a complete departure. Uh, but it definitely has, I think, one of the, an artist with one of the best vocals of all time. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. We well, have lots been, to talk about. Right. Oh. We've been uh, Choice Tracks. You can find this on our social media or on our website of choicetracks.com, or you can email us at choicetracks at uh, gmail.com. Uh, um, let's go ahead and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm Dietrich. (laughs) We're going to pick up that needle, but you (laughs) keep spinning those choice tracks. If you have a record player. If you don't, just pretend. Just press play on your CD player. If you you don't have that. (laughs) (laughs) If you go to the website, maybe someday I'll upload a video from Air Supply. You'll get to see what I was talking about. <laughs> you can't wait for that, can you? Alright, pick up that needle, guys. Come on. Alright. Alright. All right.